On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we have the opportunity to talk to Jackson State's own wide receiver, Keith Corbin. That will be a very interesting conversation. Can't wait to dive into that. And also, we hear from a couple of players today. Uh, took the podium. Davis Mills, Carmel Gougier Hill. Players are speaking up for this coaching staff and this new culture. Sounds like winning may be in the near future. Don't know when, but it sounds like it's coming. But first, Cody, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texting Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrators, Cody Davis, and a lot of fun for today's show, right? The Keith Corbett interview. Uh, you, all my family and friends from home and all of y'all uh, check in for this podcast. Uh, you know, amazing young man. Had an opportunity to watch him play some high school football down in Woodsbrook. And so uh, he's always been a great player. And now he has the opportunity of not only representing himself, representing Jackson State, representing HBCU, and the continuously fight, which I think it is, to get more of those players drafted, representing U of H, representing Beaumont, Texas, and the whole fall nine. So that's going to be, you know, very interesting to say the least. But we got to dive into and start today's show, Cody, with hearing from the players. I want to start off with Justin Britt, who spoke on Pep Hamilton. Justin Britt said it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be more crystal clear in our assignments and upbeat. Uh, he was upbeat about Pep Hamilton becoming the new offensive coordinator, finally heard from Justin Britt. And then Texans linebacker Christian Kirksey said that general manager Nick Casario is building a selfless team. Uh, he also continued with coming off a 4-13 season. Uh, they had a bad taste in their mouth from last season, and they're going to do something about it. Cody, uh, you were there. What were your thoughts and takeaways from the players at the podium? That for the first time since 2019, there is actually promise within this organization. And I said that because all the guys who spoke on yesterday, Kamu, Kersey, Justin Braden, even Davis Mills, they all talked about how this organization, they don't want to throw away last year, but they actually want to build upon that. And Christian Kersey said something that really caught my attention. He said, yes, we did end the season last year at 4-13, and but he said we still had a successful season because we had an opportunity to lay the groundwork of what we want this organization to be about. We laid the groundwork of what Nick Casario is trying to build. And John, listeners and viewers, every single guy who spoke actually showcased why we've been saying here on Locked On Texans why Lovey Smith was the perfect coach for this organization. John, as you just mentioned, you really don't know how many wins this organization is going to get 
hopefully is more than four but you can see that this is not the same laughing stock of the nfl that we saw last year in the year after no this is a brand new day for this organization and by the way monday and tuesday was the first two days of voluntary otas and nearly every single player on this roster has been in attendance why because they want to make sure 2020 is not the same like the last two seasons and really quick before moving on i do want to play this little clip for you so many guys we had an opportunity to talk to ever since lovey smith has been hired um talked about how smith being hired actually played into their decision to re-sign with this organization and i had a pretty pretty fun exchange with Christian Kirksey and I really want y'all to just take a listen to what he had to say uh, it's kind of hard to say um, I mean uh, when you have you know a head coach I mean that's an important piece to the team so um, I think the relationship that was built with with Lovey, um, I mean, even offensive guys, you know, Lovey would talk to you know anybody, not just the defense. I think that's where I started to see how guys, um, you know, meshed well with Lovey, and you know, like his track record, you know, of him being in the league and just, to, in my opinion, he's you know a legend at, at, at coaching. We all know like his his resume, but um, I think part of it is that Lovey came back and and. I have that relationship with him and I really can only speak for myself, but I assume the other guys may think that as well, that, you know, he's a great person, great coach, and you want to be a part of that. Um, and you want to be somewhere where you're familiar with, um, you know, that guys are going to put in work and guys are invested. And I think that the guys that Nick brought back, he knows that they're all about ball. And like I said, it's, it's a fine line between winning and losing. And our record didn't show like the work that we put in, but there was work that was, you know, put in and some positive that you can take away from the season. And now it's just time to put it all together. So I think with putting Lovey as our leader, definitely, you know, made guys want to come back. But at the same time, I think guys would still have been invested to come back if it wasn't Lovey, just because the type of locker room that we have. Now I could say it and talk about it every single day, but when you hear from a player that, Lovey Smith being hired as this team head coach is part of the reason why the Houston Texans were able to to resign 16 players this offseason says a lot about how much better this organization is in John I can't say it enough yeah and I, and I think when we look at Justin Bridge speaking highly of Pep Hamilton and it wasn't necessarily and this is just you know, I'm looking at how they're talking about the coaching staff. It wasn't necessarily just geared towards, oh, I feel better about this coach or whatever. We stunk last year. You know, I took away more crystal clear in our assignments. Hmm. Like those small details, hearing that from a Texan team that, quite frankly, at times during the Tim Kelly era, we questioned a lot about what is he doing with this, with this, you know, with the, with the play calling, with assignments, what's going on. And so to hear that, I think that's a plus. Hearing these players who had an opportunity to kind of, I would say last year was a combination of regimes a little bit. The David Cully era, the short-lived David Cully era, but Tim Kelly still being a part of Bill O'Brien and, and that coaching tree, so that was combined, and it did create a whole lot of nothing at times. And so 
crystal clear in assignments, hearing about, you know, what, what, excuse me, uh, what Lovey Smith is bringing to this franchise and Nick Casario, what he's bringing to this franchise. All of that does seem to help this franchise trend in the right direction. Now, later in the show, we're going to talk about Davis Mills. And for all of you Malik Willis truthers out there, <laughs> it ain't happening. It ain't happening. No. Nope. So don't even worry about that. We're going to talk about, about General Mills uh, outside after, excuse me, the Keith Corbin interview. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of a $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed doable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program, right? Shady Rays includes a lost and broken protection on every pair of sunglasses. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays as well. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off or more on pairs of sunglasses that's locked on to get 50% off of two or more pairs of polarizing sunglasses at shadyrays.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now, here's a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into the Locked On NFL Draft live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you who are dying to know what your team, or who your team will take, rather, catch the Odyssey and Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. Welcome, everybody, back to the Locked On Texans podcast for this Wednesday edition as promised, Keith Corbin of Jackson State out of Beaumont, Texas. We got 409 in the building. Welcome to the show. Right. I How's it going, Keith? Appreciate you for having me, man. Oh, thank you for coming on the show. Man, wide receiver for Jackson State had a very great year last year. First in our loan season under Deion Sanders. And so we're going to have a great conversation today. I can't wait to dive into it. Cody wants to kick us off the right way, man. Yeah, Keith, look, you played your final year of college football under the goddess of NFL Hall of Famer Coach Deion Sanders at Jackson State. How would you best describe learning under Coach Sanders? Oh, man, I would say, man, it was I feel like my last year was the best year I had, not only because I had like three head coaches at University of Houston, but my last head coach was Deion Sanders, man. Like, <laughs> who wanted to pass that down? And like just the, the knowledge he gave us to the game, you know, he played at the highest level, at the highest level. And, you know, just, like, being able to be a pro in his eyes, I feel like I can come to the NFL and I can produce just as high as anybody else's in this draft. Mm. And I want to use that just a little bit. What are some of the lessons that you actually learned from Coach Sanders? And do you feel like you were a little bit more equipped to achieve success on the NFL level because you had an opportunity to learn from one of the greatest football players of all time? Um, I feel like a little bit, yes. But I would say I, I, mean, I had achievements to – been on the uh, NFL level at University of Houston, that's always been my goal since I started playing football. But I mean, as a 
being coached by him, I feel like that was an extra boost for me because, you know, like like I said, he's, if not the GOAT, the greatest of all time, actually telling y'all, like, this kid can actually go play, play pro. So, I mean, like, that feeling, just getting him to actually give me a little more boost into my, my career and what I want to be as professionals, I mean, I think it helped me out a lot. But, I mean, that's always been my goal to be uh, to be a pro. You know, in six seasons, you play for four different head coaches, three at U of H, the one year with an interim head coach and Deion Jackson last year. Of course, we know about Major Applewhite, Daniel Horgerson. How has each coach and offensive philosophies helped you with your day-to-day preparations and what you will be able to bring to the NFL level? Uh, they helped me out a lot. I mean, starting off with Tom Herman. I know that was my first head coach, and I know he had uh, left us for Texas. I mean, he came in. He was great with X and O's. He helped me expand my game a little more. But when Applewhite came along, man, he gave me an opportunity as a sophomore. So I started a little early. But he helped me out a lot, man. Then Dana Hogerson came, and he took a hand. You know, he's an offensive mindset. He uh he, he, The way he came in and approached us and told us, man, that this is all about having fun and just – been a part of a crazy offense like him and what he had at West Virginia. So that really just helped me open my doors more. So it was, it was a great feeling for having all those coaches because they gave me t- some type of experience in each different way of this game. And how do you use that experience to get ready for the league? Um, I just come out here and just show y'all what just show y'all what I'm capable of because I know they taught me. They taught me what it's going to be like being a pro outside of football, doing football, family issues, all the issues, just being a person. And I, I feel like – I'm going to use that and I'm going to use my expectations a little higher with using the experience that they gave me. What are some of the areas of your game that you feel needs improvement? Um, I feel like I, I can improve it in, in each part of my game. I know I'm not settling for less. I'm never satisfied. I feel like I can be better than what I am right now. But, I mean, man, hey, ooh, what I need to work on? <laughs> I don't work on that. I think I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> but if anything, probably just uh just being a little faster, being a little quicker, a little more twitchy. I know I'm a great route runner. I know I got good hands. I got good catching radius. And I feel like I just need to improve on those little things and a little more of my game, I'll be straight. Mm. Speaking of your ability to catch the football, you know, your last season at Jackson State, you finished your college career with a total of, of 921 yards, 69 catches, seven touchdowns. Um, and out of the 13, 14 games that you played, you actually had an opportunity to record over 100 receiving yards about five times. So as an NFL prospect, at the wide receiver position who should be near the top of teams draft board, especially teams like the Houston Texans who yeah. might be looking for a wide receiver. Um, how much will, I, I guess if I could put it in this sense, the lack of recognition that you're getting is actually going to drive you for, to try to achieve a little bit more success in the NFL. Uh, I mean, that lack of attention that I give, I feel like my chip just got bigger on my shoulder. I mean, like, um, I had a great season junior year in uh, Houston, but, I mean, once I redshirted, everything kind of fell down, so I fell back down in the hole. But when I went back to Jackson State, I felt like I got that exposure again. But, you know, we, it's HBCU, so guys still looking over the HBCU. I, I still don't get how can organizations can look up HBCUs, man. It's a lot of greats that went to HBCUs. I'm talking Jerry Rice. I'm talking Walter Payton, guys like that. So I feel like that chip on my shoulder just got bigger because I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do, and I know what I can do to help these organizations, anybody organization. I definitely want to build off that question real quick. In your own opinion, what has been some of the most common misconceptions about HBCU talents, and how can you as a player, because we hear from 
coaches and uh, the alumni all the time. But as a player, how can that change? I mean, I, I feel like games like what Dion is doing right now. He's making every game televised for Jackson State. You guys starting to see number one recruits going to uh, HBCUs. But I mean, like it was the, it was the lack of years that HBCUs wasn't playing on television. Like these Power Five schools is the uh, the competition. I feel like an HBCU can play against a Power Five or Power Six. I just feel like we get the lack of attention of like social media, uh, uh, television, and things like that. I mean, if we can get a little more tech to HBCUs, I feel like that can help the program to be what it used to be with these old greats that we used to have. In terms uh, of the, of HBCU, oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, I wanted to ask you really quick about your high school coach, Kevin Flanagan. He once called mm -hmm. you a special player. Mm -hmm. uh, how's the relationship been uh, since your Westbrook playing days, and have you guys been in contact during this preparation process? Um, I haven't. I really haven't talked to Coach uh, Flanagan. I mean, I seen him uh, maybe two years ago. We was at a Cheesecake Factory. I had ran, I got a little touch with him, talked to him a little bit. But I mean, as far as the opportunity Coach Flanagan gave me when I first came to high school, I feel like he's the reason, and also Coach PV and the other, the other staff. I feel like he's the reason that I am at this where I'm at right now. Like you guys, like I say, guys, I, I was not planning on playing football until I got to ninth grade. <laughs> and that's when Coach Flanagan, mm. so he really helped me out and he really opened doors for me. Yeah, right. really, really quick. You say you wasn't playing football until the ninth grade. How were you able to succeed into the in, 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 in a way that, you know, has you on the cuffs of going into the NFL in the next couple of weeks? Um... <laughs> it's, it's just always something I want to do. I always wanted to take care of my family, whether it was from football, basketball, baseball. I know I grew up playing baseball, but I mean, either way I go, I always had that same goal, man. Like my goal is to take care of my family. And if I feel this is the best route for me as football wise, this is what I'm going to take. I mean, I mean, it was all, it's all, hey man, same thing is all a gamble, man. Life is a gamble. So I just, I just gamble with it and now look where I'm at. We talked a lot about your coaches that helped you on the football field, but what about some of the lessons that they actually was able to help you off the field? I'm pretty sure Coach Deion Sanders had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah, man, he, he tells a lot of stories, man. I can't really say much. But, I mean, as far as uh, preparing us for the real world, man, as far as, like, you know, Coach Prime done with a lot of stuff, a lot of adversity, a lot of attention that got to Coach Prime. You know, he was a swaggy man, women, all those things. He always prepared us in the right way. Like we like, I can't really say much, man. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. We don't want to get you in trouble, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't say much. We know, we know one thing. Prom gonna teach you if you look good, you play you good, play yeah. good. <laughs> and y'all look good this year, man. Y'all really did. Awesome, awesome, Keith. Really quick before we let you go, um, if an NFL prospect was to run across Locked On Texans. And I know you're on a couple teams draft board. They're scouting you and everything. What would be your final pitch to that scout? And you know, to to get you to the point where they say, you know what, I actually want to take a chance on this young man. I mean, why not take a chance with me? Uh, I went to play for Deion Sanders, man. I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't just play with him, man. I, I, I didn't just play for him. I played with him. I, it's, it's a lot of things like I want to say to tell these scouts, man. I have told them. A lot of interviews, man. I can be your number one, I can be your number two, but I'm also the guy that you can have on special teams. I know special teams plays a big role in this NFL um, NFL life. To be that guy. I want to be that guy, that number one guy. And if it's not the number one guy, I would go out there and bust my my 
for on special Bush teams. Your ass. Bush your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John got I, you covered. <laughs> purpose of what I learned from Jackson State and also from Houston. I got to ask, I got a rapid fire question. I'm going to throw these questions out there and you got to choose. You ready? Yeah, come on. All right. You from the state of Texas? Yeah. Texans or Cowboys? Who you got? Cowboys. Oh, you going to answer that as oh, on Locked On Texans? You go, really? Oh, no, my let's, gosh. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. You got Kinky Chicken or John Seafood? John Seafood. Man. <laughs> This the one right here, y'all. All right, Tony Brown or Enos Gaines? People have John Seafood. So they really don't know what we're talking about, John. I mean, me and you know. <laughs> me and you know. Everybody from Beaumont, everybody from the Fall 9, when they watch this podcast tomorrow, yeah. they going to know exactly Hey, what look, we're before we end this, y'all, Texans, no offense, guys. I would love to come play with y'all. I would love to come play all the way from my hometown. Don't get the, the Cowboys stuff mixed up. I'm only saying Cowboys because my grandma a Cowboys fan. She listening to this interview right now. So I'm Okay, 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 right. cool. I, I'm going to give you a pass this time. <laughs> all right, let's talk about some of the fall nine athletes. Tony Brown or Enos Gaines? Ooh. Man, I got to go with Thump, man. Enos Gaines, man. That's Boy. my dog. That's my okay. dog. I play with him, man. That's a true dog, man. It came up. Hey, no, no, no. Many guys really know about in this games, man. We wasn't really a camp guy, nothing like that, man. That, th- that dude was a football player, man. Man's a baller. Right. You got PJ Lock or Kerry Vincent? Uh, PJ Lock. PJ Lock. Okay, we got Ma- Major Applewhite or Deion Sanders. <laughs> man, Deion Sanders. Prom time, man. Prom time. time. Okay, last one. U of H or Jackson State? Jackson State. There it is. There it is. is. Everybody, that was your boy, Keith Corbin, out of Beaumont, Texas, played for U of H and Jackson State. Before we get out of here, where can everybody find you on social media, uh, your Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to put out there? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the same, underscore Keith Corbin. I don't got Snapchat, man. If y'all want to reach me on Instagram and Twitter, that's my name, man. Thank you. Awesome. Sounds good. Keep good luck with everything, man. We are rooting for you. And um, if you do get drafted by the Texans, I'm going to give you another pass that you came on locked on Texans talking about the Cowboys. Hey, man, just the, it's just the goal, man. My goal is to get drafted. I don't care if it's the Texans. I don't care if it's the Beaumont Panthers, man. I just want to put on for my family in the town, man. Cody, I will stop at the gym. Mm-hmm. I will stop. You would not believe this. You want to know what that person told me? That came what they to told me? you, John? Are you some sports guy from Locked On Texas? <laughs> what you said? Well, the yes, that is me. So I signed some autographs, and, you know, <laughs> took pictures with the kids, kissed some babies. And uh, while I was leaving, he said, man, I want to stop you really quick because I want to let you know that you saved my life. I said, how did I save your life? He said, now... I really enjoy built bars. Now, a lot of that story I kind of fabricated a little bit, but hearing someone stop me and let me know how much they enjoy built bars was insane, right? And one thing that he told me about it was their flavor does not necessarily change. He's getting the same taste that he would with a regular candy bar. So I want to let you guys know about all of the great things built bars have to offer. Number one, all Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bar with the Bill Bars. 
Most Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually carries around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs with a lot of different flavors to choose from. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. What a great interview from Keith Corbin. Um, very fluid, very conversational, great back and forth. And it's kind of ironic that we talk with a wide receiver because now we're going to transition into the Houston Texans quarterback, uh, with Davis Mills, who will need some weapons around him. And I think that uh, whether it comes, if it will come through the draft and maybe they reassess the free agency afterwards, Houston does need more players on his roster that can be explosive. And that can be, I think younger is a word that I will use as well. And, and that can do a multitude of things for the franchise. But we did have an opportunity to hear from Davis Mills at the podium and two takeaways. Number one, Davis Mills mentioned that he thinks a lot of the growth he's made this year is the experience and getting those reps. A new offensive scheme this year. Hey, uh, some more mm. Pat to love. He continues with, but he's already seen the first installments. It's familiar to what he did in college and then continued with. He said that the, he's able to process faster now and reading defenses and making decisions. He's excited to continue to improve. Cody, uh, while you were there doing that, podium press conference with the players uh, hearing that from Davis Mills has that reassured you that at the very least Davis Mills is primed to have uh, a year where the Houston Texans are fully committing to him especially after hearing Lovey Smith mention that he's a fan of Davis Mills in so many words most definitely that's not even a question and what I love most about what Davis Mill had to say is the fact that Pep Hamilton is changing this offense into something that he is used to during his days at Stanford. And really quick, John, I do want to give you some numbers. Davis Mills last season at Stanford, five games, 2020. Of course, we all know it was cut short due to COVID. In five games, this is a young man who led his university by averaging um, 29 points per game, throwing for 1,508 yards, eight touchdowns, and only two interceptions. So you telling me the Houston Texans have an offensive coordinator that is putting him in a system that he's already proven to be great in? What? What? <laughs> Like uh, and this is, and plus, in addition to that, it makes more sense why it was more important for Davis Mills to go out there and, and, and get beat up throughout his rookie season, especially those first five to six games. But now he has the experience. John, I don't want to call him a franchise quarterback as of right now. I still think that might be a stretch. But I'm loving the fact that the Houston Texans are saying we have something here with Davis Mills and we are putting him in the best situation to thrive in 2022. Now, if he goes out there and and, and, and cause a big mess, then okay, definitely move on next year. But the fact that they're doing everything possible to get this man into the best possibility for success, we're we about to see something special out this young man. It makes sense for a franchise that hasn't made a whole bunch of sense in their decision 
in coaching in the last decade. Hmm. So we will definitely see. I'm just happy to uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that Davis Mills is confident and he's able to be confident without looking over his shoulder. I think that will play a huge part in the success that he possibly can have for the Houston Texans this and, season. And really quick before moving on, I do want to say that on Monday, Coach Lovey Smith did fully endorse Davis Mills as this team's starting quarterback without no ifs and buts. And that was very important and very telling to me because when you go back and you take a look at what Nick Casario had to say at his exit interview, when you go back and take a look at what Lovey Smith and Nick Casario had to say during Lovey Smith's introductory press conference for his head coaching candidacy, when you go back and take a look at what these guys had to say at the NFL Combine, every time they were asked about Davis Mills, it was always... Yeah, he did good, but now, Monday, no ifs, ands, or buts. 100% Davis Mills is this team's starting quarterback. There it is. <laughs> I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. We are five subscribers away from 1,000. That's it. And it all. All the glory and all the thanks goes to you guys out there. So continue to run those subscriber numbers up and follow me again on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. We have more prospects in store for you guys. And tomorrow is going to be really special because we have a couple of guys who actually played for Lovey Smith during this time at Illinois. Oh, yeah. That's going to be really, really fun. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.